go. 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 This is for work. No surrender. No surrender. You know, you know this way for rev. Hello and welcome to the first edition of MMA Uncaged for 2022. Can't believe it's 2022. Time flies when you're having fun. Brought to you by MMANewsUncaged.com for all your MMA news in one place. Joining me as always, he is a legend of MMA, former UFC fighter. He's a former EFC champion. His name, Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan. Gareth, as always, all the best for the new year. Uh, but it's that time again. We've got uh, we had a, a taste of UFC over the weekend uh, with a fight night, but now 270 is the big one, and we've got the champion, the apex predator, in Francis Nagano up against Cyril Gunn. It's going to be interesting, but it's just good to have MMA back. How have you been, and what you've been up to? Yeah, man, Jesus, it's good to be back. Um, I think you know, just preparing for the year and getting myself focused on on a new year. I think everybody was glad to see the end of last year. Um, but yeah, you know, I suppose it doesn't change. It's just the date changes. Um, it's all the same. Uh, but exciting. I think there's there's some some exciting stuff happening in MMA this year. I think there's there's going to be some big fights on the UFC card. I think UFC, if they can move on from the uh, platform that they laid last year, I think they can really really make some waves. And I think there could be some some really good cards on show. Exciting. I think MMA is it's really alive globally. Uh, you know, you look at the the promotions. We've got we've got a few promotions touching our shores um, over the next year. So that's exciting for for African MMA. Um, and then you know, obviously <clears throat> tying into to uh, an African fighter. Uh, you know, competing for the baddest man on the planet. I think that's such an interesting fight. I think there's so much there for people to, to see. Um, yeah, man, it's exciting. I think we we had it. I think all around globally, there was a tough year last year, and people had to grind and and, and really punch it out. And you know, I think they've set themselves up well for for this year. And uh, I think, especially on the MMA front, I think we're going to see some exciting stuff. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's delve straight Get into it. I mean, it's a heavyweight title, as you say, the baddest man on the planet currently is Francis Nagano after he knocked out Stipe Miocic. Uh, for the title, but he comes up against the guys undefeated. You know, France has just had uh, MMA lifted a few few years back. Now um, it's now legal. It's an expansion area for the UFC. Do you think, from a UFC point of view, they want a gun to win, or do you think they want for for an African in in Francis Ngannou of Cameroon to be the man walking around with a belt in terms of their expansion plans? Because there's no doubt. Africa is one area, and we've spoken about it many times on this podcast, that it's all about coming to Africa, and we know PFL have said they're coming. We know Bellator have been flirting with the idea. UFC for many years have been flirting with the idea. But is there a chance, in your opinion, that France could be an area that the UFC have identified? So I think, I think just from a promotional um, level, I think we're going to see a lot of guys touching the African continent. I think time's right now. I think uh, Africa is alive. I think it, you saw that process with every country. You saw it with Russia, you saw it with uh, Brazil, you saw it with the US, Canada. Um, it's just as as those uh, fighters have come through and, and they found out that there's an amazing talent, they, they're drawn to that area to obviously get more viewership and, and to create more attraction and, and vibe. France has always been an extremely good combat uh, arena. I mean, they're a space that have 
an unbelievable history in judo. Um, they have an unbelievable history in the karate front. They are have produced some of the best K1 uh, slash Muay Thai fighters in the world. So they're a combat nation. They're not a nation that is that it doesn't understand it. I think MMA was something that was very kind of barbaric to them, and, and it was cut off uh, really early when the when the kind of um, growth of it was happening through Europe. Um, but I'm excited now. I think we, you're gonna, you, there's uh, Manon who was in the EFC and she was on the fighter series and she's doing exceptionally well there. I mean, there's some really, really good up and coming French fighters um, uh, in the UFC and in Bellator as well and, and 1FC. I think they, they're a country that, that, that are very solid in terms of the combat arena. And I think they, they will definitely have a champion sooner or later. Surugan is just a, He's just a freak of nature. He's a, he's a big human being. He's a, as big as uh, as Francis Ngannou. He has an unbelievable skill set. He can wrestle. He can grapple. He can, he can strike. He's not afraid to stand in front of big punches. He's not afraid to uh, to get stuck in. He's a guy that puts a lot of guys under pressure. He saw it with Derek Lewis. He wasn't afraid to get in Derek Lewis's face. And 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 you know, even though even though he had Derek Lewis's, I mean, he's a guy with the most knockouts in, in UFC history. And he wasn't afraid of that. The difference is Francis Ngonia is just a different specimen. He's a guy that doesn't need one or two or three in, in, in any combination or any punch that he throws. He needs one. Um, Sirogan knows that. I'm going to be very interested. I'm very excited to see how he negates this issue of um, Francis and what he poses. I know there's a lot of back and forth saying oh, I trained with him and I trained him and this has happened and videos are put out and Francis is now saying that he knocked him out with a head kick and Francis left left that team and moved to the US and he's improved immensely. Um, although Sorogon is is unbeaten and he's on that level, I don't think people realize how much Francis Ngonia has improved as as a as a fighter and I think that's the interesting thing about him. Pair that with his just absolutely disgusting power. If he is put in a position where he knows how to use that, and I think he's starting to show that. I think he's starting to show. You watched him when he fought um, Stipe Mocic, who's probably one of the most intelligent heavyweights we've seen. <clears throat> he's he, he took his time. He didn't rush anything. He wasn't swinging for the fences. He was sticking behind a beautiful jab. That jab was eventually what did the damage to to Stipe. Um, I, I just I, I don't know how I, how Cyril unlocks that uh, that puzzle. Um, Francis is an extremely big, strong guy. I mean, I, I kind of put it to a space where there's going to be some big combinations. Uh, you know, um, a good tactic would be to chop the legs away, take away the power, take away that base. Um, but does he get into a kicking match with him? You know, we know that uh, Francis has, has devastating uh, power in his legs as well. Um, does he put him on his back? I think Stipe is the only person that showed that when he beat him in the first title fight. Um, but I think that Francis has improved enough to be able to wrestle guys and defend takedowns. So, look, we all know one thing. You don't want to get hit by Francis. You don't want to take a clean shot. And sometimes it's not even a clean shot that's putting guys away. So... I, I truly feel the guy that walks away from this fight um, 
is honestly the best heavyweight in the world and potentially probably the best heavyweight we've seen. Um, if Francis goes on to beat Cyril and implements himself as, as probably the greatest heavyweight of all time, uh, uh, the way that I see it, um, if Cyril Gahn goes on and beats it, you know, he's the guy that dethroned this, this animal, this guy that no one wanted to be in there with, and he then has to build his legacy. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great time for the heavyweight division. There's some unbelievable heavyweights in that, in that pack. There's probably six or seven guys that can put their hand up that are really scary, and then all of a sudden you throw John Jones in that mix. From a technical point of view... I was going to say, would you... How would you feel if John Jones gets a shot at the winner from from this weekend? Because is that fair? Well, I mean, I know I, you know our. Colleague, I think it's the yeah. Yeah, sorry, Karen. I said I know our colleague uh, Justin Ferrier is a huge John Jones fan, um, and he would say yes, he deserves a shot. But what do you think? So look, I think it's in the the next progression. I think. If you if 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 Francis goes on and beats Cyril, I think John Jones is the only guy that can get in there and 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 beat him. I think he's the only guy that'll be able to take him on. Um, I also look at Cyril Gone. I think it's the same thing there as well. I don't think there's many heavyweights that can compete with him. I think that little tripod at the moment is the three guys that are the most dangerous at that division. My only concern about John Jones is he's a guy that's picked up a, an immense amount of weight. Does he move the same way? combinations change and your movement changes and your entries change and the way you throw things change when you're bigger and heavier because you don't move the same, your rotations are not as quick, your balances are slightly off, what you would get away with being lighter, you wouldn't get away with being heavier. So, I mean, it would be really interesting to see how John uh, Jones approaches that. Does John Jones get what would... I mean, in, in my eyes, I would if I was Dana, I would be like, okay, cool. You're ready to fight. Let's give you somebody who can, who's there in the top two or three. And uh, if you put them away, then the title shot's yours. I think that would be the the best business sense in terms of seeing whether or not John Jones is capable. I think also John Jones winning at heavyweight would then make that half 10 times more. I mean, he's been through such a precarious time and, People are really like, oh, oh this, they're very divided about him. You'll have his loyalists. But you also have a lot of people who've walked away just because of his behavior. He needs to win people back and he needs to win the crowd back and he needs to get the MMA environment excited about him. You know, get in there, fight at heavyweight, put up your hand and go, right, I'm ready for whoever's the champion. And then I think you've got, I think you have a fantastic little trifecta that you can play with. I mean, how does the, how does the fight go? Does Cyril grind out a win, then does Francis rightfully get another opportunity? Does Francis just put him away and smash him? Does Cyril stay there till the end? And, and you know, it poses so many interesting questions. And then where do you inject uh, uh, John Jones into that mix and at what time? I think he's definitely going to be. And uh, I think it makes for exciting. I mean, you look at when we were youngsters, boxers, and that it was always the heavyweight division was what you watched and you wanted to see. 100%. Tyson Fury's... Tyson Fury's instilled that back a little bit in terms of, of, of heavyweights. But the other thing is... It, yeah, it will be interesting because you touched on the boxing. Now, Naganu has been saying uh, that in his UFC contract, the new contract they're talking about, that he wants the opportunity to go and box. And a Tyson Fury is the type of guy he wants to go and box. How do you feel about that when these heavyweights, champions who are top of the pile 
yes, he has to get past Cyril Gunn, but then open themselves up to other revenue streams in professional boxing like and make that move? I mean, is it something that's even good for MMA? Well, I think you got to look at it this way. We are mixed martial artists and we are we do have the ability to perform at any level in, or any space. So why is it okay for you to compete in a wrestling match or compete in a grappling match but go or go fight a K1 fight or something like that, but you can't compete in a boxing match? I think it's we should be allowed. UFC is very different. They protect your fighters and they use their assets and they don't want to open you up to anybody. But I mean... You, you've seen it. These guys must have got to be able to just go wherever they want to dip into whatever they want. And I think MMA fighters are starting to understand that, that they can move around and they can get paid good paychecks. I think if, if Cyril, I think if Francis is going to smash a Cyril gone, I think a fight with Tyson Fury is an unbelievable thing. It's just an amazing, it's uh, from a marketing perspective for boxing, it's unbelievable. He has this killer who just murks everybody. Um, who's not probably the greatest boxer, but can box. But if he hits you, then you've got this other guy who can turns into a walking zombie off the time. He gets hit so hard, he lies down and wakes up. I mean, he, he dies and then he comes back from death and, and, and then just smashes guys. So, <laughs> look, <clears throat> I think it's so exciting and it's so open at the moment for, for combat sports. And I think this is why combat for sports is thriving at the moment because there are these types of conversations. Let me let me ask you this then, uh, and and it's a bit of a contentious issue, and it, it's we will get back to the other uh, title fight that's at UFC 270. Of course, it's Brandon Moreno against Davidson Figueiredo. It's the trilogy, but what do you make of MMA fighters now signing for the bare knuckle promotion? Because there's two thoughts here. There, there's the there's one thought that says it's great entertainment and it's growing at a rapid rate in places like the US where it comes from. But there's other sides going like, hang on a second, bare knuckle gloves. This is just a pub brawl. It might as well, you might as well go out and watch a street fight. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? So I think if you look at some of the guys that are in there, it's for the more hardcore guy who lives on the edge and wants to be in that extreme fighting environment. I think there's some really good boxers in there. I think there's guys that can really, that box really well. <clears throat> and I don't think that it's, it's not an unskilled environment. I think it is a very skilled environment. I think also the pay is really good. And uh, I think it's... Uh, bare knuckle boxing is, is really... It's for a select few of guys. It's not an open cast thing. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of fighters. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put myself in a position where I was going to get into a bare knuckle boxing fight. Not because I don't think that I could compete or that I'm afraid. It just doesn't... It doesn't attract me. It doesn't have that attraction that, that I would want. And also, you've got to remember something. The punishment that those guys take is going to have a, a, an effect somewhere along the line. It, it will come back to bite you. So I think these are the things that fighters have got to be smart about. I mean, yes, you're chasing the paycheck, and I know it's tough out there, and you're looking for the money, and you're looking to survive and pay, but at, at what cost? Really, at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself that question. What cost? What At what cost am I... Um, am I chasing this, this paycheck yeah i mean, I mean it's not it's not worth it so mma has yeah. been a tough sell for many years you think of efc in the early days i mean you were there for efc one you know people saw cage fighting and a lot of people still across the world see mma as cage fighting so that's why i think for that sort of adrenaline junkie that guy that just loves a good scrap i suppose then bare knuckle is for you but it's the long-term damage, as you say. And those fights get stopped so quickly. You think about it. Bare knuckle cuts you open 
over. You know what I mean? But again, but again, it's I think I think it just it adds another dynamic to the combat world. There's so many different. I mean, you got that combat karate. You've got unbelievable K1. You've got you you've got unbelievable. Uh, I mean, it was combat jiu-jitsu is coming now, uh, starting to gain momentum. And I can promise you, eventually, it's going to be something that is stable, and you can earn good money from it. It's just. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> it, it's. I think combat sport is so is so intriguing because it's so many dynamics and there's so many opportunities for people to create and and to create a name for themselves and obviously to get a paycheck. So so we we should actually embrace that there are at least opportunities for guys who might not crack it at the UFC or Bellator or PFL or, or One or Cage Warriors or whatever it may be. As, a, as another revenue, you know, for them to, to get involved. You just got to remember something that although we all might be martial artists and we have ability, we, we thrive in certain areas. There's certain spaces where we're exceptional and there's other spaces where we're good. If understanding where you're exceptional and then being able to, to promote yourself and build a name and a brand for yourself within that arena and make money from it, then you must go for it. I mean, there's no, there's no difference. There's no difference between a small four-arms club and a, and a bed bare fist i mean it's it's the same thing it's still a fight at the end of the day so i don't think that we can down it or look up or frown upon it we've just got to support those that have taken the decision to compete in those areas and you know hopefully that they get what they want from it and and, and their journey is as successful as as, as they would like it to be Oh, well, let's see what happens with the bare knuckle boxing. I'm still not convinced. Uh, I'll I'll stick to the UFCs and the, the mainstream MMAs for now. Uh, Brandon Moreno, babyface or Love McLovin, as they called him on commentary, uh, up against Davidson Figueroa. It's the the flyweight title bout at UFC this weekend. That was an incredible fight. The last time they fought, um, this one is going to be very interesting. Do you think this one could go five rounds? So I think we're looking. I look. We we're looking at this in 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 a certain way. I think the first fight was kind of very close, and it was kind of oh. But I think Marino did what he needed to do. Came back, got his opportunity to fight for it again, and um, Figueroa got his opportunity to fight, and he got moved. He got he got outclassed. He got put away by a much better fighter. Um, I think Figueroa is very one-dimensional. Brazilians are. They have a certain style to them. They have a certain aggression to them. And once that aggression is matched, that aggression and toughness is matched, they get they get figured out. You look at a guy like um, Boricino, the same thing happened to him. And the same thing happened to guys like Anderson Silva that people eventually figure you out. And I think that Moreno's unlocked that puzzle. Uh, Moreno's just an exceptional guy. I think he's, he's exceptionally hardworking. I think he's super talented and he's super driven. And, and you can't, there's, there's certain things that you just can't teach. He has this heart that is ginormous and he's invests everything he can into being better all the time. He comes humble in Mexico. He's changed up the same gym. He hasn't moved on now to bigger things and, oh, look, I'm better. Sometimes that's what happens. Fighters lose and you look at Amanda Nunez. She lost, now she's leaving. I mean, why? You were in a gym that made you so successful. Now you're running away because of one loss. It's 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 a very it's a mental game. I think uh, Moreno's got an exceptionally good head in, on his shoulders. He's a, he's a very humble champion, and, and that's what we like to see. I, I, I just I don't think that Figueroa's got anything to to beat him. I don't think he has what it takes to unlock that puzzle. Um, 
I think that Figueroa's definitely improved himself. He's definitely worked harder. He's driven. He's hungry. But I think it's an emotion thing. I think he's really driven on emotion. And that could play against him. I think he's going to come out like a firecracker. I think he's going to chase it. He's going to go hard at it. And if Marino's still standing in front of him after rounds two and three, I think he's he's gonna it's gonna be the end of the road for him. I think Marino's smart, he's he's confident, he knows that he can beat him, he's beaten him twice, he's just got to stick to his same game plan, he's got to have the same mindset and, and and approach things the same way. And I think the result's gonna be exactly the same. That's gonna be a cracking fight, though. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, just some of the, the general news, uh, Gareth, I wanted to get your thoughts on. Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz uh, talking up uh, their demands for, for a matchup. That would make for a very interesting viewing. And it's two fan favorites. And obviously Poirier, after his loss, um, is looking to come back and get a W. I think it's a great fight for him. I think it's a big name fight uh, in Diaz. I think it's a big money fight. I think it's a fight that people will pay to watch. I mean, it's, it's two exceptionally tough guys. I mean, guys, I mean, you look at Nate Diaz against Leon Edwards. And with all due respect, Leon Edwards is really good and, and, and was putting it on Nate Diaz. And Nate Diaz hits him once. One punch, he timed one punch, and he hurt him. And he laughed at him. He didn't chase him. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't try and finish the fight. Nate Diaz doesn't care whether he wins or loses. He comes to put on a show. A guy, a guy like Dustin Poirier is going to stand in the pocket with him. He's going to throw the punches. He's going to throw the kicks. And I think you're in for an entertaining spectacle. I think that's a great fight. Dustin Poirier, we know what type of fighter he is. We know the guy that he is. He's a guy that's lost. He's picked himself up. He's dusted himself off and he's come back. And he'll do it again. He's just that guy. He's not... Uh, well, don't, don't be surprised if you don't see him fighting for, uh, for a title somewhere in the future. Yeah. That'll be very interesting indeed. Uh, I hope everyone's okay after that uh, noise. Um, Gareth, uh, obviously... <laughs> EFC is still uh, 92, is still a way away, uh, 5th of March, that one. But they've got Michael against Trezor, um, Kruger against Lekolo, um, Plykis against Duama, and, and Bandu against Longwana so far. And also, the one everyone is actually talking about, Conrad Siabi against Gordon Rutman, the Rage. I mean, there's already bad blood in that one. <laughs> it makes for, for an interesting matchup. So I think these are two guys that are definitely going to talk a lot of smack. I think they're going to be at each other. Gordon's never scared to 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 voice his opinion, and neither is Conrad. We know that. I think it's a good, it's a, it's an entertainer's fight. It's a crowd fight. It's a fight that uh, will be entertaining on the night. Conrad Siabi, you know, funny enough, is is an exceptionally good stand-up guy. He has an unbelievable stand-up record, and I think if he can just get himself in the right shape and fit, and get himself into the right mentality, yeah, he's moving on in age, and he's he's really on the other side of it. But I think he can still put on a good show. Gordon's been away for a long time. Everybody enjoyed Gordon Rootman because he was a scrapper. He didn't care. He was in it. Um, I know he's doing some work out of Apex and with Boyd and those uh, that crew. And, you know, they'll make sure he's prepared and he's ready. And I saw him the other day and he's looking in shape. And look, it's exciting. I think it's nice. I think these are the type of fights that UFC need. They need those fights that draw the crowd and the attention and better smack talk and two guys that they know they're going to throw, throw down leather. And, it might not be a long fight and it probably won't be the prettiest fight, but it's going to be a good scrap. Um, main fight, uh, Luke Michaels against Tressel. These are two guys that really have the ability to be exceptionally good fighters. They have the talent. They have the physical. 
um, presence. They are naturally, they naturally fight. They, they've got this natural fighting ability. Um, Chris was a beast, man. He hits so hard. Luke Michaels is strong and he's physical and he gets, I mean, he's, his wrestling and grappling is impeccable. And yeah. I know he's been working with uh, Stephen Castle and Stephen Castle says his hands are unbelievable. So stand-up isn't really in a good space. They're both mental fighters. They're both guys who are in their head when they fight. And if they can both, if either one of them can conquer their head on the night, that's the guy that's going to win. If they both conquer their head, I think you're in for a great scrap. Um, they're going to remember they putting on a putting a belt around their waist that I probably would say in the middleweight uh, in the in the EFC division is probably the most lucrative in terms of stature. The guys that have held that belt and had it around their waists, um, and the names that have been champion in that division, I think, um, are very very high standard, and they've got to go out and prove that. They've got to put it. They've got to make sure when they put that thing around their waist, people go, "He deserved that," and not. Uh, you know, we don't want to see things go backwards. We want to see things go forwards. I think they both have the potential to produce an unbelievable title fight. And, and I'm excited for both of them. I think it's a good opportunity for them. They're youngsters. They've been around a long time. They were training partners at one stage. So that poses an interesting question. Um, yeah, man, I think uh, a, a good start, to, a good uh, title fight that starts off the year. Yeah, I'd say the EFC has just released its uh, schedule for the year. So... Gareth, I think we're going to be busy for uh, all those events that are that are taking place. Gareth, Soldier Boy, McKinnon, thank you as always uh, for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, keep up the training, and I believe I'll be seeing you at Submission Kings. Uh, that's yes. around the corner. When is that? The 11th yes, exactly. Or something like that. Hey, eleventh of Feb, man. I was really looking forward to the heavyweight fight. I thought that was a that was a fantastic fight, but unfortunately, Johan uh, got injured. So I mean, we hope we hope he has a speedy recovery and that fight can get off soon. Good, good, good quintets. I think there's some good girls in that quintet, and I think it's gonna be some, some. There's gonna be some proper barn burning. Uh, you know, the thing I love about girls is they, when it comes to fight time, they super aggressive and they get stuck in. They're not, they're not like a guy. You know? They don't process it. They just go, okay, cool, yeah. Here we go. So yeah, man. I think I think submission kings is 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 an, is a great uh, is a is a great competition, and I think it's doing fantastic things. And I think that we. We're going to see a really, really, really solid competition over the next few years. And I think, you know, we could potentially bring in some big names. I think it's the type of competition in, that could draw and attract some big names. And, and that's what uh, jiu-jitsu needs on this continent. Yeah, and it's obviously um, always for a good cause. So, uh, and it benefits, yeah. of course, the Amateur Fund, which uh, Justin Ferrier is working hard at uh, as we speak. Yeah, but guys, that's it for now. Thank you very much for watching the first episode of 2022. Like and subscribe. Remember uh, to catch us on the various streaming platforms. And we thank you very much. A big shout out once again to our frontline workers during this pandemic. Uh, your work is uh, outstanding. Mad respect for you guys. Gareth, thanks for your time and we'll chat soon. Welcome to forever, man. Let's go. Allow me to reintroduce my
myself, they call me J-O, and to the easy E-N Know that we undefeated, y'all are beneath them speeds Let's find an air of grievance, but his lines are overhead Better check the air for clearance, call the tower This is our clear to heat the air apparent uh-huh. Really, I've never been better yeah. Legacy, this is forever It's forever, you know, yeah. this right here forever